Hello and welcome to this episode of Nat Alliance Now. I'm your host, Mitch Dunford. Also in the room, I guess it's a virtual room today, we've got Meg McKean. Hey, Meg. Hey, Mitch. It's great to have you. Today's episode, we're talking about a new program that the National Alliance is rowing, rolling, rolling out with Meg. It's a producer's coaching program. It's something new to the National Alliance that we feel it's a great opportunity to continue to help elevate our our audience, our um, our people. Anyway, let me do a quick introduction of Meg, and then we'll move into some of the questions that I've prepared for her. Meg is the uh, founder of Adjunct Advisors, which she started in 2018 with the simple belief that we can and must do more to support the amazing individuals who choose a career in the insurance industry. Her experience working for more than 20 years in underwriting, leadership, and sales all within the industry fuels her passion and her work as a consultant today. Meg specializes in personal and professional development for insurance professionals as they grow their sales and their leadership skills. Meg is a skilled writer, speaker, and podcaster and travels around the country sharing her knowledge, experience, and support. What I really love about Meg, and I agree with this, is that she believes that an individual's true success in the industry is all about being authentic and being one's true self and bringing that to their their career. So having said all that, I'm delighted to have Meg on Nat Alliance Now podcast today. Welcome, Meg. Oh, thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Uh, Meg's humble. She's uh, CIC. She also was recognized in 2021 as one of the elite women by Insurance Business America. So she's a good friend of the National Alliance, uh, a CIC, and a long supporter. So it's great to have her. So Meg, let's go ahead and start. Tell us, what did I miss? Tell us a little bit more about your career. Why did you start Adjunct Advisors? Oh, my goodness. Um, And thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for making this conversation a priority. Thanks for being my friends. The National Alliance has been a very steady presence in my professional career, and we'll dig into that a little bit more. Um, but today, to be able to partner in this way and to bring something that's that's really never been done before as we think about the future of of the way we support the individuals in our business, it's just a really a really cool moment in time for me. So thank you for that. How did I, what was the question, Mitch? I'm gushing and I'm all. <laughs> That's all right. Why did you, why, why did you start adjunct advisors? Why did I start adjunct advisors? Yeah. Uh, great question. And I, I appreciate starting in the present tense because so often when we talk about career journeys, it, it reads like a resume. And I think that the fun stuff, the good stuff is where we are today. Adjunct advisors started really out of an unfortunate experience that I had in the industry. And that was burnout. Um, I had been working in what I would call very traditional roles in underwriting leadership and then in sales on the agency side, and really was seeking and could not find an alignment between my values and my skills and the things that come naturally and easily for me, and also how I made a living. And I tried a lot of different things. It was not any one particular role or any one particular company that wasn't in alignment for me, but I knew there was something something more, and I couldn't figure it out. And so after a year of not working, I took a year off to recover, I like to say, from that experience with burnout. I came back around and realized that maybe some of the things that were 
feeding that belief that I didn't quite fit in the industry were exactly the things that I could work on solving for others. Because I learned in that year and, and candidly in all the years before that I wasn't alone in feeling that. Uh, many people have found themselves in the insurance industry by accident and not necessarily by choice or by plan, though it is very uh, lucrative and can be very rewarding finding one's place can be um, a bit of a challenge. And as an old millennial and a young Gen Xer, I definitely feel some of the challenges that many are having today about this whole idea of where does work fit into life. So mm -hmm. I really started uh, coincidentally doing producer coaching almost five years ago. I saw the way that we were training producers and supporting producers and also the turnover rate, which was and still is too high for my liking. We invest a lot as individuals to show up in sales and then our organizations invest a lot. And often the results just aren't good. And, and I knew that we could do better. I knew that we had a reputation problem. We still have a reputation problem, but we deserve to feel pride in the work that we do and the way that we're supporting the individuals and the businesses and our communities that we show up for. And I really wanted to change what it feels like and what it looks like to sell insurance for a living. And so that was the the pie in the sky idea, the daydream that I had. And how I've gotten there over the last five years has been all the things that you mentioned when you shared that introduction of me. And and a lot of what I'm doing now is still individual conversations, small groups with salespeople. What does it feel like? What does it look like? How are we how are we doing it today? You mentioned a minute ago that there are certain ways that a new, let's say a new producer in the industry feels, I think you use the word alone or without mm -hmm. support. Yeah. Talk more about that. What what are you seeing out there that's going on and what's the feeling and the vibe around that idea? Yeah. I want to acknowledge, and often we don't, I've never worked in another industry except for insurance. And so I am biased in a good way and, and a bad way. I want to recognize selling insurance is hard. It is fundamentally difficult. And so often when we join the industry, particularly at an entry level, particularly in sales, we're sitting across the table from someone who has achieved great success. But that individual often has a very short memory about what it took in order to achieve that success, <laughs> Got right? It. Okay. Um, and so we see the the second home in the Hamptons, and we see the you know the third car in the garage, and and all of the trappings of success as as one might define it. I would argue the definition can look different um, depending sure. on what your motivator is. But often, what we see and the path to get there are often not. Um, we're not on the same page. And so we think success is going to come quickly. We think it's going to happen overnight. It's going to happen within six months. But the truth is it takes much longer than that. And so what I saw over and over again is we do we do a pretty good job front-loading knowledge and information. But very often producers feel stranded once that very traditional learning experience ends. And so what I built or what I have developed and the methodology that I've I've really seen work for me in my career, but also in my business now is, can we act as a steward, as a partner, as a Sherpa, if you will, for someone who's very early on in their sales career and help them in those challenging moments? Because the challenging mom moments don't happen in the classroom. They happen in, in real life. Right. And it's not, it's not just 
I don't know what to do. I don't know how to script a cold call. I don't know when I should follow up or what I should say when I follow up with a prospect. It's what do I do in the moments when I'm not sure that I'm cut out for this or that this is even something that I want to do for another day or another week or another month. And those are the questions that a lot of, of salespeople are having, but they're having them alone and they're having them in these quiet places without support and without guidance. There's probably hesitancy to share your feelings if you're having those with your sales manager because you don't want them to feel like you're not excited about coming to work. Do you find that's the case? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, and and it's it's the beautiful unscripted part of what I'm able to do as a coach is to be the place where someone can go and offload right. those feelings. And it's not a, a sign of weakness. You know, it's it's we think as salespeople that we're supposed to be wired for hunting and killing and crushing it and grinding and hustling and all of this very very masculine, and I don't mean that as a gender identifier, but a very charged energy around sales. And you must you must be wired for sales. And I actually think some of the best salespeople aren't outwardly salesy, if you will. Um, and so often a coach candidly gives you a place to try that out. Like, sure. do I have to be that way? Do I have to put on this this suit of armor that doesn't fit me or that was made for someone else? Can I maybe do it my way? And And then we can talk about what that might look like. And yeah, a sales manager at the end of the day is still judging your performance and is still, you are accountable to your sales manager in a different way. And it's not that there aren't great sales managers or agency principals who are out there coaching and mentoring and guiding. They're absolutely out there. But there is something about an uninterested third party like a coach that allows you a place and a space to say what you are feeling and thinking out loud. Do you find that there are common challenges that producers are having quietly that reemerge in your coaching sessions? And if so, can you share some of those? Yeah. And, and I, I treat those relationships with the utmost respect. So obviously anonymously, but yes, in this work, you do hear a lot of the same things over and over again. So, so I would say first, tactically, there's a, how do you find those prospects? How do you get in front of more people? How do you close the sale. And so definitely opening doors. And and right now, a lot of what I'm doing is helping salespeople to create a personal brand. And that's a new experience for a lot of people that haven't had to put themselves out there in a public way as a whole person in that way. And so helping them to be comfortable with social media and help, helping them to, to know how to show up in a networking environment and what to say and what not to say. And, and also really compensating for the knowledge gap that we have when we're starting out. Our technical knowledge always it gets better with time, right? The more experience and the more exposure we have, but so often um, that can hold us back in, in the beginning. So we're working through technical hiccups along the way too. And, and personally, I have an underwriting background, and so that's a very natural place for me to go. If we're planning for a prospect meeting, we might be talking about, okay, this is a a plastics manufacturer, these are the kind of questions you want to ask. And not just because you want to ready your submission for the underwriter, but because you want that prospect to understand that you understand their business, which can be hard to do when you're new. And then there's the the mushy, squishy stuff, which candidly I love. And and there's a lot of coaching environments out there. And, and one of the differentiators that I bring to the table is my background in the social sciences and my study of human behavior and my my passion frankly for the human experience and that is 
How do you navigate uh, showing up at a sales meeting on a Monday morning when you haven't hit your targets? How do you deal with the one-on-one -on -one coming up with your, your manager, your supervisor, and your confidence is low? How do you deal with some of the competition that's happening within the agency? Because we love our leaderboards, and they're great if you're on top, and they're a real, real mor morale uh, killer if you're on the bottom. And everything in between, work-life balance is coming up a lot, a lot work-life balance is even a thing, but we're realizing that in many cases, we're taught as salespeople to be always on. Right. And the downside to being always on is that you can never turn it off. Right. And when you don't turn it off, family and relationships, friendships, community suffers. And more importantly, your relationship with yourself suffers. And that's what a lot of people are coming to the table with now is that alignment issue that we talked about right out of the gate. And that's that they're spending too much time being of service to others and not prioritizing their own well-being and their own experience on this planet. Not to get too too mushy gushy for you. No, but I, I you know, I, I totally agree with you. you. We we have to get to the point now where we take a holistic approach to our our work. It's just not about work or our person. It's a combination of both. And when one suffers, so does the other. I totally agree with you. And I love this idea of building a personal brand. I've noticed you've done a really good job yourself doing that. And I think that's extremely valuable for a producer. And and with a personal brand, it requires a certain level of authenticity. And you just recently wrote an article in Rough Notes titled, Why Authentic Leadership? Can you tell us more about that article? Why did you write it? Yeah. And what does it talk about? Thanks for that. Um, and, and shout out to the our friends over at Rough Notes for making that space available. It's a very squishy leadership topic, as are a lot of the, the topics that I discuss on social media and in my business. But there is a shift in the workplace, especially towards authentic leadership, that the smartest person in the room or the most accomplished person in the room isn't necessarily the one uh, that has all the answers. And there is a beauty in the mess. And in the the struggle and the trying to figure it out. And one of the points that I made in that article is that there are a lot of people around us that have a lot of great ideas and a lot of wisdom. And can we put our own sense of self and our own maybe even ego aside and really lean into that expertise? And that that's just one one little tidbit of what it looks like to be an authentic leader. The biggest challenge we have right now is the generation coming into the workforce which when they are proven successful salespeople will allow those most senior to retire. So in other words, we really need to nurture this generation so that the healthy life cycle of our business can continue. They aren't just daydreaming about that type of leadership. They're demanding it. And so if they're working within an organization where leadership is very buttoned up and very, I would say, traditional and corporate and and holds their cards really close to their chest, they won't they won't stick around and they value work very differently than generations in the in the past. And I really admire them, and I'm doing a lot of stereotyping here because this is certainly not true across the board, but they're very wise. It's taken them not as long as it's taken me to learn some pretty interesting life lessons. And so, you know, we need them. We need them to stick around and we need them to see their place here and one of the ways that we can do that is to blend that hierarchy that has been so historically present in our business. We still need authority. We still need decision makers. That's never going to go away. But 
in times when it's appropriate, can we meet one another in the middle? Sure. And I think that's all part of what it means to be an authentic leader. Awesome. Let's turn for a minute about this new uh, coaching product that we're rolling out together. You know, producer coaching is new for the National Alliance. Why now? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's a question for you as well, but I'll I'll go first okay. um, because we definitely have different perspectives on the subject. But one of the reasons that individuals are leaving their current positions, and this is is data that's been published, is because they're not feeling supported from a learning and development standpoint. And and that learning and development is rolling into the overall conversation about career path. Where do I go from here? And so gone are the days where except for you, Mitch, we have uh, <laughs> one job with one company for decades and decades. And right. We're seeing a lot more movement and people are wanting to be challenged in their work and in their employment experience. And so um, they're making moves and and we have a responsibility to meet them there. And so coaching is one of, coaching is not new, although I'll say in the last five years, the first conversations I would have around coaching, I was sort of lumped in with uh, life coaches. Mm -hmm. And though I have utmost respect for life coaching and think that it certainly serves a place in in the world, um, that is not what I do. And so it's taken five years for the industry to welcome coaching as another methodology when we talk about training. And so classroom learning is still really important. And all the different ways that we receive information is really important. Coaching is yet another way that we can continue to support individuals on their learning journey. And, and fortunately, it's becoming more and more commonplace. But it is interesting in the conversations that I'm having, there is still a bit of a stigma around the greater concept of asking for help. Right. And that's something that's really curious to me and, and I think is an act of bravery, if you will, when you're put it, willing to put your hand up in the air and say, it's not working the way I'm doing it, and I'd like another opinion, and I'd like a second set of eyes, and and that's easier for some than for others. And personally, I've seen firsthand the benefit of coaching, and so I'm a fan. But I would maybe kick it over to you, Mitch, if you don't mind. This is new for the National Alliance, and and you and the team have been really open to my ideas and my suggestion and my my nudge um, mm -hmm. in this direction. But I know it is a bit of a departure for the National Alliance. So I'd love to. Sure. Why why coaching from your perspective? Great question. You know, the National Alliance is a nonprofit. A lot of people don't realize that, but we are. And our mission is to lift every professional in the insurance industry from where, they, where they're currently at, to lift them through our educational content, whether that be in the classroom, online, through articles, through podcasts like this. We're passionate about elevating every individual from where they're at to help them grow and succeed and have a successful career. We love that. We have an amazing Dynamics of Selling program that Jeff Wodica and that crew are exceptional. It's a great program, but we wanted to do something after that. Where do we go from, you know, you get your CIC, you take Dynamics of Selling, you're a new producer. How do we continue to help nurture you and elevate you? And we thought, this type of producer coaching product would be an exceptional next step. So that's why William and I are really excited about this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yep, that's great. So as you mentioned, the industry is warming up to the concept of coaching. So tell us more, what is sales coaching? 
<laughs> uh, I want to set the stage a little bit here and and just give credit to the concept of mentorship. So I've been around a while and I've had some great, great individuals who have taken an interest in my success and spent the time to sit with me side by side and and make sure that I had the knowledge and the information and and the confidence to go do what I needed to do. And I also want to recognize that uh, I'm not hearing from any agency owners right now that they're bored or that they don't have enough to do or keep them busy. And the same from salespeople. Most traditional producers who have been lifelong salespeople are active in their in their territories, in their client relationships. They're nurturing the ones they have. They're looking for the next one. And And mentorship is often something that has been prioritized but not structured within the organizations that we work in. And so a well-intentioned agency principal or a well-intentioned producer wants to give back to that next generation and, and do that nurturing, but they often don't have the bandwidth if we can right, be right. really candid. And so sales coaching is this sort of beautiful blend of all of that really good intention, but also a commitment from the coach to the coachee. And also a huge uh, accountability is a huge part of coaching. And I think that's really where the proverbial magic happens. So every session ends with a goal for the next session. And then the following session begins with a check-in. Did you meet that goal? And fundamentally, from a psychological standpoint, we're much more likely to keep the promises that we make to other people than the ones we make to ourselves, unfortunately. But that's the, that's the fact of the matter. And so just having that checkpoint means that if you committed to a certain behavior or a certain activity to move your business forward, just by speaking that out loud, you are more likely to achieve that. And if you haven't, you will at least make progress towards it or be really aware of the why you didn't. And so I think sales coaching is being literally with someone in the weeds, in the moment. What are you working on? Where are you stuck? What is the next thing that you need to do in order to move forward? That's sort of the nuts and bolts of it. But the overarching theme is safe space, new ideas, fresh perspective, but also priority. Um, my clients are a priority. It's my only job. I mean, I have other other consulting work that I do, but when I'm together with an individual or a group that I'm working with, they're my sole focus in that moment. No ringing phones, no clients with, you know, angry about renewal increases and no claims that are, you know, imploding and all the other distractions that we have in our day-to-day. -day. Again, well-intentioned, but our our business is chaos on a good day. And so this is this is the reason that we're together in that moment. So who benefits from this from a coaching experience? Oh my gosh, I feel like that's a that's a layup. We all do, Mitch. Um <laughs> every every single human on the planet. Um, but I, I really do believe that. I think when we think about the organization top level, we're allocating the right resources to the solution, right? A producer should be producing. And is it is it a good idea for a seasoned producer to bring another producer under their wing and, and do some of that mentorship? Sure. But the truth is they're paid a commission to sell insurance. And so giving them the space and the freedom to do that is probably the best use of that resource. And for the individual salesperson who I'm working with, of course they benefit. Being in that uncomfortable in-between place when you can see success but you can't yet feel it you're not there yet that's when we lose people we don't lose them in the first 30 days we don't lose them five years in we lose them in that 
I, I know what I need to be doing, but I'm just not there yet. And this is true of so many things, right? We set out to run a marathon. We set out to achieve a fitness goal. We, we set big goals for ourselves and then things happen. All sorts of things happen and we get off course and it's really hard to stay the course, but having somebody with you um, along the way just makes that journey a little less lonely and a little less ominous. Because as much as we like to think nobody's ever been here before, a lot of what we're doing is is very common and a lot it's, sure. it's very similar from one experience to the next. So, um, and then I think frankly, our clients benefit. And I don't think this is a reach to say that a salesperson who is getting information and ideas from other sources is showing up as a more well-rounded salesperson, as a more well-rounded advisor. And so my job is research. I'm always reading and finessing and processing and marinating, you know, all these different concepts that I'm seeing out there in the industry. And to be able to bring that to my clients to help them to be more holistic as an advisor is, is also a benefit to the client. There's a lot to it. That's a great point. I, I think when we think about producer coaching, our minds immediately go to new producers. Yeah. But what about experienced producers? How can they benefit from having a coach? Yeah, they can. Number one, you can teach an old dog new tricks. And I say that with affection. Um, I love working with what I'll call seasoned producers because they do have the technical knowledge. They've got that down and they understand the industry and, and how to build relationships. And sometimes they understand that too well and they can they can reach burnout. And that's a lot of what I'm seeing right now is people who have made a career in sales. So they've got 15, 20, even 30 years under their belt. They just want to try something different. They've exhausted all the relationships at the country club and they've <laughs> they've acquired and lost and acquired and lost the same accounts over and over again. And they're just ready for a different experience. And what what they want is not a different transaction. They want to feel a different connection to their work. And I think that's the biggest driver hmm. right now is that they're really just going through the motions and they want to find that sort of North Star. Why am I doing this? Interesting. Still, Why am I here? And right. we invest a lot every day to be here. And to be honest, I don't say yes to everyone that seeks out my coaching services because for a lot of reasons. If there's been a mishire on the agency side, I can't fix that. Right. You know, someone who is not, does not have an aptitude for sales, no coach is going to get them there. And sometimes we just have to admit that that was a miss. And again, some of the seasoned producers that, that hit my purview where they're actually in a crisis moment where they're being told to grow or go. And again, I can't, I can't motivate someone individually. I can only help you find the motivation within yourself. So it's a really, it's interesting, but I do love working with seasoned producers because it's just a very different conversation. Yeah. Veteran athletes have coaches. Why not veteran seasoned producers? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we're targeted to roll out our first group coaching session in February. For our listeners, describe to us if someone was to sign up as a member of that first group, what would that experience look like? Can you describe it for us? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get together for eight weeks. So we'll have two sessions a week for the course of eight weeks. And one of them will be, I'll call it more of a learning experience. So we're going to going to follow a series of topics that will be very focused on the sales process, so much more tactical. And we'll get into things like social media and 
that personal brand. And, and what I love about the programming is it's all very modern and very relevant today, um, which is one of the things that I think we miss sometimes in a traditional sales training is we talk about the way that, that maybe we did it back in the day and, and that day has passed. And then the other session each week is an open coaching session. And so all the participants in the group, and this is intended to be a small cohort, we really want the individuals who join us to be able to build connection, not just with me, but with others in the group and, and maybe even create some lifelong relationships with That's awesome. other producers. Yeah, right. And so all virtual. Um, but that second session is really either taking the concept from earlier in the week and really digging in in a, a very practical way. So if we're talking about LinkedIn and, and someone has a question about LinkedIn as a tool and some strategy around that, we might dig into that. Or frankly, anything else that's on their mind. Where are they feeling stuck? What is the thing right now that's blocking them from making their next move in wherever they are? And it's a safe space. I cannot, I cannot highlight that enough. The sessions are not recorded. We are not reporting back to sales managers or supervisors what's being said. And I think that's the magic, frankly. It's a huge amount of trust that we're putting in one another to show up in a space like that. But again, it's often what's missing in these sales environments and also what individuals are saying over and over again um, that they want. So, What do you hear back from the producers that you coach? Let's say you coach with them for six months or a year. What changes for them? What do you see in them that's different as a result of the coaching? Yeah, I mean, we we track actual revenue, right? How opportunities, and I'm I'm not so much tracking dollars as I am tracking behaviors. So, are you committing to the process? Are you doing the things that you say you're going to be doing? Revenue is an ominous thing when you're just starting out, but overall, and and again, this is this is the mushy stuff, but. I see a change in them as salespeople, but also as professionals in our business. And the way that they are valuing themselves in this process goes from that very transactional, let me save you 10%, let me beat the competition, to really honoring and respecting their own position as a professional insurance agent. And I think that's the magic. That's the that's the moment when I know that sort of my work here is done, um, but I'm, I'm definitely a, a proud person in that moment because I think that that shift is the shift that we need to see in order to encourage lifelong professionals in our business. Excellent. It's that selling an individual policy is a great win, but it's temporary. And how can we really, really amplify our position as a professional in this business? And and the reason, not to get all sentimental, but why I'm really loving partnering with the National Alliance on this is that I know that you feel the same about your mission to support the good ones out there. And, and so this is a perfect, a perfect fit. Yes. Helping so. insurance people become professionals, become insurance professionals is our passion. Yeah. So yeah, we're very yeah. excited. So Meg, if one of our listeners wanted to learn more about this program or even participate in February, how can they reach you? What's the best way to go about that to get more information? Yeah, thank you for that. I am very active on LinkedIn. So feel free if we're not connected there, send me a direct message. I'm still still trying to figure out how to manage my inbox there, but I promise okay. you I'll get back to you if you if you ping me there. And then 
Um, Mitch, we're developing um, a registration yep. page that we'll share with listeners yep. as well. So they can always go there and, and sign up directly or just reach out. I'm available. I'm here. And there is no tough sale happening here. Um, this is a program that obviously we're invested in and, and really proud of, but not something I would I would stand by if I didn't think that it was worth um, the time and the commitment. So that's amazing. And me too. If someone wants to email me, I'm happy to share my email. It's out on the internet anyway. It's M Dunford, <laughs> D-U-N-F-O-R-D at SCIC.com. And I can connect you with Meg. Perfect. But thanks, Meg. Terrific conversation. We appreciate you. And uh, we look forward to working together on this. Likewise. Thanks, Mitch. Well, that concludes this episode of Nat Alliance Now. For more information about the National Alliance or any of our programs, visit our website at www.scic.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.